This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. This is a show where me, Tom Crane, and my friend Simran Shah go into the homes of celebrities and share their favourite takeaway with them exactly as they'd have it. How are you, Sim? Well, I'm good, but uh, um, just so everyone knows, Tom asked me to not say (laughs) hi so early on in the podcast because it distracted him. So I just held back, I've held back, I've held no. back until the long uh, intro before you say my name and then I'll say, hello, yes, I'm here, thank you, thank you very much for, for letting me on. This makes it sound like it's some really unhealthy relationship. All I meant was, is normally it's a joke, you chip in and say hi midway through the introduction and I just, I, I listened back and it seemed, there was a lot of words, a lot of noise going on, so I thought it'd be a smoother listen. I've taken the hint, Crane, and I'll only speak when spoken to. It's fine, <laughs> honestly, it's fine. Look, Simran, if you're holding the conch, you get to speak. But when you're not holding the conch, it's not your turn. Okay. Um, Sim, how, how are you feeling, more importantly? You were ill last week. Are you feeling any better? I wasn't well last week, Crane, but I am feeling better, thanks for asking. Ah, good. I'm, much, good. I'm much improved. I'm much improved. And down to people were sending in some suggestions of what they eat when they're ill. And I looked at a couple of these. I've got to admit... Yep. That's, that's good. You, that's good. You know, a couple of the emails received. I've got a bit. Didn't take, didn't so take nice. any on board, but I, I looked at them. It's so lovely on a show where we routinely ask people to send in lots of stuff. You go, I looked at a couple of them. I didn't bother looking at most of them, but I looked at a couple. How gallant of you. How kind. So what, so what two emails did you take the time so kindly okay, to well, read? You know what? The truth is people sent in some very sensible suggestions. So oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, so it, was, it was more, Joe said, tomato soup and cream crackers. Jonathan. It's a sensible suggestion. It's a, it's a sensible suggestion. Jonathan said, bread, butter and soup. Again, a very sensible again, suggestion. It's the sort of thing a doctor would say. Imogen, on the other hand, went a little rogue and said, when I was little, if I was poorly, the only thing I would eat is a big bowl of peas. Oh my goodness me. I think that's a bit much unseasoned. I assume, but just a bowl of green well, peas is not is not that's not for me. But then you say that it's like a gateway pea towards wasabi peas, isn't it? You start with a bowl of peas and then you work your way up. And when your when your mouth is ready, you enjoy wasabi peas. So maybe there is some kind of it does make sense in a, in a way. I do like the idea of a gateway food. That's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, because you do good, have yeah, gateway foods like. I do think with curries, like people will try kormas, whatever, as a gateway into like a spicy. Yeah, curry. that was what. I, that's where I was very much so. I, I, when I started, korma was my gateway curry, and now I'm sort of like a like a, like a patia or something like that. I kind of uh, a dan sack. I'm a fan of. That's my sort of thing. Um, but then um, after reading through those things, we realised that there was a general theme of our emails returning, wasn't there? And that was we were getting more and more emails about weird food combos. Now, we asked this two weeks ago now, and we're still getting lots and lots of emails about this. Simran took the time to read one of them, I'm sure. I read the rest. I took the time <laughs> to take it. Um, but we've got some very, very weird food combos. Um, I'm going to take you through them. The first one that really caught my eye was from someone called Ria, who sent us a picture of What's like it looked like a stew, and then she had some white king's meal bread, and she just sort of shoved the the stew inside the bread like a stew sandwich. And then she's Ooh, written, okay. "I love putting anything in bread." And her quote is, "Any meal get inside the bread." So her point is that any food will be improved if you put it inside bread. Now, fans of the podcast may remember that a little while ago we did a thing called 
things that will be improved by putting a poppadom in it. It, was, <laughs> it took the nation by storm. So it was a great item. Mind, I love it. It was a great one. Well, it was a great well, Simran, I've got a new. I've got a new item and a new oh. jingle, which is oh my meals will be improved by putting them inside bread. There you are. So Simran. Okay, so let's hear them, Craig. So these are meals that can be improved by putting a bit of bread in there. Well, I've got three things. I want you to tell me if you think they would be improved by putting bread around them. So first of all, Sunday roast. Is that being improved by putting it inside <laughs> bread? Christ, Sunday roast. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of gravy, though. That's gonna there get, is. That's going to turn that bread soggy. That's going to turn that bread However, soggy. However, Simran, I would suggest, I think the post-Christmas sandwich is better than the actual Christmas dinner. I really do. I think the Boxing Day, cranberry sauce, turkey, whatever you happen to put in, the, in your sandwich, is, is superior than the actual Christmas dinner itself. Are you toasting that sandwich out of interest? I'm not. I'm, go- I'm going soft. straight white soft bread. That's how I'm playing it. And, I, and okay. I, I really, really enjoy that. I think it's better than the actual meal itself. Okay, my second suggestion, sweet and sour chicken. Does that is that better by putting it inside bread? Thoughts? I'm on board with that. I think it could get a little congealed in the mouth. That bread yes. and that, that sticky sauce. Mm, I think the textures are going to clash there, buddy. But it's a bit like a sort of, it's like a cut price bao bun. That's how I'm sort of seeing it as. Yes, it's kind of, exactly. it's a cheap exactly. way of doing that. Okay, third one, Simran. Uh, is this meal improved by putting uh, bread around it? Uh, toast. Lovely stuff, Crane. Really like that. <laughs> I love that. That's very nice. You get a piece of toast and yep. then you get some soft bread and you put it around. Oh. My mind, you get the softness of the bread touching your lips lovingly, caressing them, and then crunch the fun of the toast. That is thoughts. I'm fully on board with this. It's a bit like, I don't know, like you're putting chips inside a bag of crisps. And so I, I, I like it. You're doing a carb <laughs> overload. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. That's not a bad idea, actually, chips in a bag of crisps. Why I quite not? Like that. I quite like the idea. Of, if you took the time and you had Monster Munch, you could slide an individual chip in the hole of each Monster Munch and then sort of just put them all back in the packet and have them one by one. You're getting lovely sort of pickled overload with the chip. It feels that the two of us have the time to do this. I think we should try it out. Do you want to put aside a weekend to put chips inside Monster Munch? I'm, I'm up for that if you want. Like if we just we could book a cottage somewhere in Cornwall. <laughs> happy to put aside another weekend and book that cottage again to do it. I'm happy to. Because <laughs> <laughs> last time we just spent two days eating peas from a bowl, didn't we? And that was a, that was a great weekend. <laughs> so in conclusion, which is best, you reckon? Sunday roast, sweet and sour chicken or toast, which are you going for? I'm going for toast. It's got to be toast. <laughs> I think I, I'm actually going to try that for breakfast tomorrow. And uh, now that Ria's email, of course, is not the only email received on this subject. As I say, we got countless emails on this. Um, take us to another one, Sim. What else have we been sent in terms of weird food combos? So Natasha has a weird food combo. And this is a simple and clean one, though I think I've never tried it before. And I'm very keen to try it. OK, here we go. You ready for it, Crane? Doritos in Nutella. Interesting. What do you think? Salty Doritos, sweet Nutella. I'm going for that. Mm. I am. But because you, you know. That crispiness and in the smoothness of the spread. I think that works. It does work. Well, I don't think you can dip a Dorito in Nutella is what I would say initially. <laughs> the Dorito will hit a very hard surface. Yeah. I think you're going to have to make that Nutella warm and then you have to dip it in. And then I think it's going to be real nice. So um, thank you, Natasha. Uh, I'm going to give that a go. Um, as always, thank you so much for sending in uh, your correspondence. You can email us on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com or use one of these many, many other forms of communication. You can follow us on Insta on My Favourite Takeaway Podcast, on Twitter on Fav Takeaway Pod, or email us hello at myfavouritetakeawaypodcast.com. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, next up, we have uh, Nigel Ung, the creator of the internet sensation Uncle Roger and stand-up comic who's about to tour around the world. Uh, Crane, we had a great time with Nigel. We went to his house and we uh, ate some Malaysian food and he was talking to us all about how to cook the perfect egg fried rice and the perfect Malaysian food because, of course, that's basically how he made his name, commenting on other chefs' videos. Yeah. Um, it was such a great chat and Nigel is one of the most interesting people we've had, uh, especially talking about his career and how he suddenly shot internet fame it's amazing isn't he basically how he's rocketed basically in lockdown it's an incredible story really. yeah yeah it was re- it was really great and uh, he's such a lovely warm bloke uh, uh, mm-hmm. so we really hope that you enjoy it okay so we are very excited to be in nigel Ung's new house this is a first for us. Normally we're in like, people's kitchens or their front uh-huh. rooms, but where are we sat at this point? What is this space? This room is what I use it as a studio, and I want it to be a studio, but now I do all my work from here as well because the other rooms aren't ready yet. Okay, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And so you create Uncle Roger in this, in this studio. So yeah, it, like surrounding us is microphones, the big lights, like it's all mm-hmm. padded out. You both it's pretty cool. Under this light. It's amazing lighting in this room. Oh, it's huge yeah, sort of. Yeah. Really, it, it, thank you. <laughs> I wish you had a video component. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a pity that the listeners can realise quite how well lit we are. Yeah. If you, listeners, if you want to see what it looks like, just go to my channel. Every video is basically this background. Yeah, it's glowing. Yeah. And, and it's all sort of soundproofed as well. So this is where you do everything. Um, so yeah. I feel, are we okay to eat in here? We're going to sneak please. out your room. Yeah, yeah, no, please, no. So what are we eating today? Then what's in front of us? Where's this from? And what's the deal? Uh, it's one of my favorite restaurants in London. Uh, the restaurant's called Sambal Shiok. It's a Malaysian restaurant. Then they, they specialize in laksa. Laksa is a Malaysian-based noodle dish in, served in a... It can be either curry laksa, so served in a watery curry type sauce, yep. but like a Malaysian-style curry, not less like Indian or South Asian. Or they can have an Assam laksa, just served in a very sour, fishy broth. Uh, but they, they, I think they only do the curry laksa, the first, the first type. So that's what the mains are. Okay. When I went to the shop today, mm-hmm. they said, you're a customer. You've been there oh, many times. so many times. And I said, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got this. And then uh, they said, oh, he usually orders some eggs with there, and there's no eggs in this. So they pop... They put some extra oh, eggs wow. in. Yeah, I got a WhatsApp from Simran yeah. saying we got free eggs, which is such a weird thing. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> I was excited. Well I was done. so excited. I was like, they, they've heard about the podcast. They've given us free eggs. It's such yeah. a weird, particular sort of perk. <laughs> they, you see, wherever we go now, we get free eggs. That's the thing. That's the show. We just, it's so well known. Just drop my name. And you get free eggs. <laughs> in prep, you can get out of the egg with the spinach in the morning. Just mention Nigel, you get free yeah. eggs. You're away. So, should we crack into the food then? So, we, we like to eat it in the order you like. Like to eat it, but we've all, we've also got a few sides here. Yeah, let's so let's start with the out. sides first, man. So what have we got in front of us here? Let's go through these these dishes. Okay, so these are the eggs. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's see, let's yeah. see them. A pot of eggs. Um, these are the Ooh. these are crackers. These are fenugreek. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what what is it? It's kind of like a, it's a cracker. Just, yeah. just take this. Take oh now we have these in India. It's a bit like a poppadom, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So is it a poppadom? What what is this then? Is it basically the mm. same? They're all in the same family of yeah. like thin, cracker-based stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's quite aromatic, isn't it? Yeah, it's more aromatic than um, than papadis. But no, papadis, really you, nice. you're supposed to dip it in chutneys, right? Exactly. Yeah. So is there is there a culture of this in Malaysia then, sort of for dipping stuff? Is this a thing, a pre-meal? I mean, prawn cracker. That's not a, that's not really a thing. That's that's Thai and Chinese. We, we do that in Malaysia too. You do as yeah, well. Yeah. Okay. Thailand's next door, so we, we steal a lot of their ideas. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Would you eat these um, mm. crackers sort of dry, usually, or would you dip them in stuff? Never really had fenugreek crackers in Malaysia, but in Malaysia, if you have like, regular prawn crackers, just have them dry. We, there's a, there was a huge raging debate, well, huge, there was a raging debate on our, uh, on our Instagram, actually, about whether Thai or Chinese prawn crackers were better. People were really getting quite angry about it. Oh, <laughs> really, very, people t- choose a side. What's your view on a prawn cracker? What makes a good one for you? It has to be, you know, the crunch has to be there. Mm. Yeah. And there's a little thing, prawn crackers, the surface, the way they catch, they latch onto your tongue. That's oh, this little mm. crackly texture when yes. they just touch your tongue, right? So that's how, that's what I ate growing up. So that's what I like. I it's like so that, true. Like it doesn't want to sort of let yeah. go of your tongue. Yeah, it, it just grabs onto it like 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 it Velcro. Does, yeah, <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is true. So so growing up, Malaysia, well, where did you grow up? Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, KL. Kuala Lumpur. And so yeah. where, did, where did you grew up was like, did you have were takeaways part of your diet? What was the takeaway cuisine? What were the takeaway offerings like when you were? 
every hawker stall really they have a takeaway option here and call it to take you can just ask them to take away they wrap it up for you yeah mm. so over here in the, the british takeaway culture is specific restaurants have they're not restaurants but they are special takeaways yeah right but over there if they serve food you can either eat there or take away all, all the restaurants do that so the takeaways there can be literally anything Chinese mm. food in Malaysia is a melting pot of many different races, right? So I can get like takeaway Chinese Malaysian stuff, takeaway Indian Malaysian stuff, or Malay Malaysian stuff. Yeah, and, and and did you get many takeaways growing up? Were you a family that got takeaways, or was that like a real treat, or was it part of your week, or what? We was just it? ate at the hawker stall, really. Really? Yeah, yeah. And because what, and what, can... what is the hawker stall? Sorry, what is what is that? It can range from anything from. Um, a motorcycle by the side of the street. He just sets a few tables up. <laughs> oh, really? And chairs. Oh, okay. It can range from that to maybe in a little alley they set up like a uh, like a an, uh, awning and they have the tables and chairs outside. Yeah. Yeah. Or they can have like proper, not really restaurants, but hawker centers. Yeah. So it's a building, uh, enclosed building, but with many different hawker stalls in the building. Or you can have restaurants. And they're all doing one like particular dish, or are they running like restaurants with a menu? Or they kind of, what's, what's the sort of deal there? Oh, I think uh, hawker stalls will specialize in like specific dish. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Some variations of that one dish. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, so on a, on a weekly basis, your family would be going. That's how you'd be eating, basically. Weekly basis. Yeah, I think we would probably yeah go to a hawker center every weekend. My mom, you yeah. know, uh, when I'm in school, then we had a school cafeteria. Okay, yeah. Right, but yeah. then on the weekends we just go like for brunch. Not brunch. We didn't call it brunch back then. <laughs> brunch didn't exist back then, right? <laughs> It was just, you know, you were too lazy for breakfast, so you go to 11.30. It's not something to be celebrated. Remember the 90s when you have breakfast at 11, people laugh at you because you're like, you fucking lazy prick, you woke up so late. And now it's, it's like you have it's a mimosa, so you know? Like, we, we, if, if, if we miss breakfast when I was growing up, you, you just didn't eat till lunch. That's yeah. what it was. Too lazy. Like, well, that's all the cereal's all gone now. It's all packed away. You're not going to eat. That's true. In Malaysia too, like we, have, like, we go to dim sum sometimes in Malaysia. Okay. The good parts of the dim sum, the good dishes will be gone by 10.30. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, really? you'll see Asian uncles camping out there at 7 on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, wow. To get the good shit. So what is breakfast in Malaysia then? What, what would you be eating? You could eat this for breakfast. Really? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, laksa? A, pr yep. a prawn laksa you can have for breakfast. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Yep. I mean, in India, you'd have curry or something for breakfast. Yeah. It's not... We just have... Um, Regular meal, maybe a little bit smaller Lesser, portion yeah. size, yeah. But you might add like an, an egg to it, or yeah, you might add an egg, egg to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's so a joke. That that's a Joe Poy joke. Suddenly, yeah. is it? Yeah. He said, "In Asia, your breakfast is just last night's dinner with an egg on it." So <laughs> 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 uh, true. So true. When did you come to the UK? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. So that's that's pretty recent, actually. Yeah. So how old were you? You were. I was born in ninety one. So yeah. twenty fifteen. I was twenty four. 24. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before that, I was in the U.S. for five years. So Studying. I grew, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Malaysia, 20, first 20 years of my life. Grew up there, born and raised there. Yeah. And I, my taste of the Western world was U.S. First. So did this sort of childhood of eating out a lot and that being, the, did that mean, did you know how to cook when you went to the U.S. and when you went to sort of live on your own? Or, or had you just got into a rhythm of constantly having takeout and that was... I had to learn how to cook when I went to the U.S. Did you? Yeah, but that's less a factor of, yeah, we ate out a lot, but also my mom cooked most meals when I was at okay. home. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty useless too. <laughs> uh, but you had to learn. First year at university there, I was in a dorm. So uh, as the first year, they cover all the food. So the dorm cooks okay. for you and you have a, a meal pass. So you can eat as, all the meals you like. But then your second year, they only give you 20 meals a week. Or like 15 meals a week. So you've got to figure out the other meals. So we, I, that's when I started having, having to learn to cook. So you had to work out when you were going to have your 15 meals in the... So what was the spread of that? Working out when you're likely to be going out and when you'd be... I don't know. Everybody's different, right? That feels For quite me, complicated. For breakfast. I like breakfast. Yeah. So yeah. I go get the omelette. Okay. Lunch, usually, I'm in between classes. I'm rushing around, so I just get a sandwich. Instead of going to the cafeteria, I just get a mm. sandwich. Yeah. So I usually have, like, breakfast and dinner. And when you started to properly cook, were you cooking Malaysian food? Or no, were you cooking? No, 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 impossible. No. Impossible. Impossible. What, ingredients not there? or Ingredients not there. You have to take like a train down to Chinatown to get stuff. <laughs> okay. and it probably stinks up the place. Your roommates yeah. will complain. Oh, yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. ages to, you know, it's like, that's why I'm very confused when I see, like, came here and then you, Jamie Oliver has those books, Jamie Oliver, five, five ingredients. Yeah. A, a Malaysian thing, this has like 12 things in it. Th these crackers will have 12 spices in it. Yeah. Okay. So I see the Jamie Oliver five book, I'm like, how good can the food be? Yeah, you know, yeah, because, yeah. 
And also, all of his cookbooks focus on how easy it is to make food. It's never about how delicious it is. <laughs> right? You ever notice this? <laughs> Most British chefs' cookbooks are like, uh, oh, make, make noodles in 10. Yeah. Right. In 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, five simple ingredients, you know? Like, when I choose a restaurant, I just want to see chefs that don't look stressed. That's all it is. I don't care what it tastes like. I just want to see really chilled out people behind the... Yeah. So, so that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I was just going to say what you were saying about cooking Asian food at university, because my uh, flatmate in the first year, I had, a, I had a Chinese flatmate, and he used to do hot pot. Is that mm. what it's called? I remember that obviously felt like quite a it. choice for him, because no one else was doing it. Obviously, he'd have all the equipment, all the stuff he'd have to get, and he'd have friends coming around. But it, it took him especially. a little while yeah. to get to a point where he felt comfortable to do that, if that makes any sense. Because mm. the thought of the yeah. theatre and the space yeah. you'd be taking up, and it's culturally, it maybe felt, oh, this is unusual, whatever, people aren't used to this. For me, yes. It, I, it would take a while. I need to know my roommates well enough first to yeah. know that I won't piss them off. Yeah. But maybe also he, he didn't buy the hot pot. He only took him a few months before he bought the hot pot. Yes. Then... Manja, should we... Yeah. So in front of us are these, uh, are these three... Pro... Oh, what well, actually... well, well, yeah. order should we have what... the stuff that's in front of us? Have the fried chicken too. Let's do, let's go with the, let's the, with the fried chicken as well. These are like special ramen bowls. Oh, wow. Perfect for noodles. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. See, the problem with takeaway is you I get know. soggy after a while. I love. And that's well. why I prefer just sitting there and eating. Let's give this a go. So this is the fried chicken. Do you eat it in the restaurant? Yeah. You do? Yeah. That is absolutely delicious. So th there's a culture for fried chicken then in Malaysia. Is this, is this sort of a, I know in Korea, obviously, mm -hmm. that's become very famous mm. here. But is that, is that the case? Um, it's, yeah. yeah, we have our version. So how do you differ? Mm, we call it ayam goreng berempah. So I think we use different spices. We have a version of fried chicken that's red. Because we use a certain type of red spices, I can't, I don't know it off the top of my head. Mm. But mm -hmm. it's good. Just it's just spicy. different. Mm, it can be. Every culture has fried chicken, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is the main dish we've got. So do you want to explain what this is? Um, so prawn laksa, is it your laksa? You were saying, so laksa. This, this is a, a laksa. There's a particular type of broth that we're having here. Is that right? So yeah, it's curried. Uh, did you get the medium or did you get the spicy? Hot. The hot. Oh, cool. Is that okay. right? They have a little bit of a kick. Okay. So. <laughs> is it really got a punch? Yes. Yeah, so start with tasting the broth. Start with okay. tasting the broth. With a spoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. God, that oh, is there good. is a heat to that. Yeah, that's yeah. delicious. though. So, what, what, temp what if, if it's too hot? Feel free to pour in that. Uh, I yeah, think that I think that's coconut milk, right? You try it. Yeah, yeah. If it's too hot, pour pour that in. It's, this is delicious. So there's a there's a sort of fish flavour running through this, yeah. thing, isn't there? Yeah. What spice level do you usually order it? Hot. hot. I wish okay. you would go one step above hot. You would go one step above yeah. hot. If they if they could do it, if I they would. could yeah. do it. But I like I like a challenge, and I like spice. I like sweating after a meal. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's quite... And, and you know, spice brings out the adrenaline in you. Yeah. You know? Sure does. <laughs> and um, how else do you feel it? Do you... Adrenaline these days. Gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing cars. Yeah. That's how I get it. Yeah. I'll just eat some chilies, you know, and <laughs> not break the law. So will you, will you sometimes ask if they have a heat setting which is higher than what they have on the menu? You'll, try, you'll, you'll look for the secret menu. Is that a thing that happens in, in yeah. Malaysian places? You can go off-grid, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This place won't have a secret menu, but some places will. Okay. Yeah. And so what sort of... Is, are, there, are there dishes that, would be, you, that people wouldn't normally order on there that you, you could ask for? Is it, more, is it more of a heat thing? It can be both, really. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. This place offers neither, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Because it's a small place, they want to only serve it was like quite seven things. Multicultural you know? in there. Yeah, it was a good place. It was really busy. It's Asians and trendy white people. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is Asians and trendy white people. Yeah, that's how yeah, you know the exactly restaurant's right. good. There's yeah, a yeah, pub yeah. just opposite as well called the Horatio. Do you know the Horatio pub? I think I know what which is you're talking brilliant about. because they let you take in any takeaway food from any of the other places around there. Oh, I didn't so know So you could that. go there, get oh, drunk, pop across the road, get some Malaysian, Chinese, burger, whatever you want, and bring it back into the pub and have it there. I mean, what an absolute mm. winner that is. It's great. When I realised I could get Chinese into the pub, I was so excited. Why don't more pubs do that? I know. Right? It feels like, yeah, yeah. That, that should be your big sell. I've never been that kind of person who orders a takeaway to a pub, though. Have you not? Even a pizza or anything. I didn't know I did that. I've never done that. Why not? I mean, if a pub encourages you to do it, I mean, don't don't bring to a pub that serves Sunday rolls. No, know. no, no. I, <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I'm out of my comfort zone there. If I'm ordering a takeaway, yeah, I kind of want to be at home ordering a takeaway rather than somewhere else. So, are you are you worried about how it looks? danger a bit. Are you worried about how it looks if you come in with a takeaway? Like, do you think I wouldn't order a takeaway at a pub if the pub, if that wasn't pub policy? Okay, mm. I wouldn't. Do, it's like well, I wouldn't bring my own booze to a pub. <laughs> it would just feel a bit weird. Yeah. Well, that would be. That would be. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, London price is maybe quite sensible. So, um, well, to be fair, I wouldn't eat this at a pub either. Okay. No, it yeah, up the place, yeah, yeah. So, Andrew, you mentioned Jamie Oliver earlier. Yes. Now, Jamie Oliver, obviously, he features in your videos. <laughs> well, he doesn't feature. It doesn't I feature. Him. You put, I put him you in. Put him yeah. in <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit about, for anyone who doesn't know yeah. already, mm -hmm. what the, your character is that you play in the videos, how he started, and, and, and a bit about that. And how it grew and grew, basically. Yeah. Uh, it started from me just improvising on a podcast. Uh, what if I played this uh, Asian character? I, I've come out with three characters on the podcast. Only right. one took off because the others two were a bit a bit insane. One of the characters was a smutty late night radio DJ, but, but it's just just dirty. I just play like the careless whisper, the saxophone <laughs> part, and then say dirty Sexy shit part. over it. Yeah. <laughs> so does he reflect someone, you, a type of person you know? Or a, what, type of, a type of person. Not okay. someone I know, but a combination of a lot, like the Asian uncles you see at a coffee shop, we call it kopitiam, a coffee shop, hawker stall. Oh. Loud mouths, arrogant, <laughs> kind, very kind, but like they talk a lot of shit. They talk yeah. a lot of shit. And are, they, they, are they very opinionated on food? Is that a oh, thing that they, okay. Yeah. yeah. They're opinionated on everything, but food <laughs> is like, they would go to a stall and they would be like, if it's really good, they would be like, oh, I, I had better in Penang 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is okay, it's child's play. I had better. I'm like, well, bring me there then, you know? Wow. Just... And would they be saying that loud enough that the hawker themselves could hear it? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> so you created the character from the podcast. Yeah, I was improvising it. I was like, oh, would it be funny if I played this middle-aged Asian guy? Yeah. Who, uh, it started out as a real estate agent. Oh, did you know, he? Because I just watched like an episode of Staff Let's Flats or something. <laughs> and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if it's, a, it's an Asian character showing the flat and like, this Asian uncle who's like, oh, you know, you know how estate agents are? Like, oh, it's not small, it's cozy, it's cozy. I know there's blood on the wall, but don't worry. I cleaned the blood before you move in. You know? <laughs> kind of scammy Asian uncle estate agent type. Yeah. But it took off, you know, people love the character. So when was this? How, when, when, did it, when was this first? Very, very first thought pop into my head, maybe June last year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it was in lockdown. Was it in lockdown. that recent? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, if I would have thought genuinely 2017, 2018. Really? In my no. head, he's been around such a long time. God, that's such it's, a huge... It's become like a... Why do you think it's, it got so popular so quickly? Because it's appealing to not just Malaysians who can identify with the character. Uh -huh. I feel, I, I really blew up on YouTube. So I posted a video and then a week later I got 10,000 views. I was like, okay, that's really good, 10,000 views. I was yeah. 7,000 subscribers at the time. So 10,000 yeah. views more than yeah. my subscribers. I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, another week goes by and then Reddit picked it up, Twitter picked it up, Facebook. Oh. It went viral on every platform it was shared and the views just started ticking and up. And what was the video? Was there one video that went viral? Yeah, the very first one, the BBC Food Egg Fried Rice video. I think it blew up because at the time, I, I didn't know this at the time, it's my hindsight, my analysis of it. It's, nobody's done that before. Nobody's done, um, one, it's a reaction video. It's been done before. But yeah. nobody's done a reaction video as a character. Yes. And oh, the character itself is also, you know, I'm a comedian, right? So I can know, know how to write funny things and <laughs> yeah, yeah. be funny on, on camera. And it was, the editing was good. It was quite original. It was shitting on food and... Uh, food is quite a relatable topic, yeah, and it's yeah. rice. Every Asian person everywhere around the world care about <laughs> it. And the passion was real, even before Uncle Roger. I don't know if you've seen my stand-up, but I have a whole yeah. routine yeah, yeah, on yeah. rice, so the, the passion is real. So nobody's really uh, shit on like chefs online as a reaction video. So yeah. it was, I, I found this really original, unique thing by accident, because I want to do the Uncle Roger uh, character in my first YouTube video. I was like, oh, what, what should I do the character in? Then a fan of the podcast sent me this, the BBC food egg fried rice one. And shout out to Hersha. She was under an onslaught after the video came out. She was a presenter in that video. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a fan of mine sent uh, that BBC food egg fried rice video. I was like, this is perfect for Uncle Roger to review. Yeah. And at that point, I've already done reaction videos before as myself. I know how to edit. I know how social media kind of works, you know? Yeah. So it was, all the ingredients came together in a perfect storm. That's amazing. Wow, that's and then so were cool. you? Yeah, thanks. So did you put so the cool. one up? It then went blew up, and then you started doing yeah. more. And um, so were you, you were editing it yourself and making it yourself to begin with. So it was hugely labour intensive, was it to begin with? Uh, it was. I want to put out a good product, a fun video to watch. You yeah. know, so editing is very important. Okay. Yeah. 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 But now I have an editor helping out. Yeah. I still touch the file. I still edit a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it's nice. You need to be able to scale, you know? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is really good. It's yeah. absolutely delicious. It's not so like it's, your classic takeaway takeaway, right? But yeah. No, but it's, it's much thicker I don't go than, to those. I don't mm. go to those. I, I, I always assumed uh, it was sort of closer to a faux, but it's not, isn't no. it? It's much no. thicker. Fur's good too. I wouldn't shit on fur. Fur is, is, is too much like soup for me. I, I'm going to say, I actually find fur quite... A little bit boring sometimes. Oh. The broth aspect, the stuff in the middle, I quite enjoy. But then when I'm just left with the broth, really, I'm like, oh, soak, I can't be bothered. They, they soak bones in it for like 18 hours, and it's boring. I know Ooh, it's, it's shit, more shit. the. You better, you, uh, you, I, I you better double down. Aware, I'm you want to double down I'm now? Wrong, I'm hugely wrong with this. I'm hugely down. wrong with this. But <laughs> the, it's, a, it's a textural thing, and I have mm. such a sort of weird relationship with soup. It feels like it plays into the same world. So it's, I'm, I'm aware of the great skill and the depth of flavour. I, I wouldn't no, want to criticise people. But, but it's, yeah, that is a. Yeah, but a thing. Some, some people are just wrong, you know. But this for me yeah. is perfect. It's got... Sometimes you just have to tell someone uh, your dietary restrictions, get over yourself, you know? <laughs> what, what, are the, what are things you hate? Are there any foods you hate and will never eat? Oh. What being like your food Certain hell, types it? of olives. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, the really sour ones, the really salty, soury ones. Yeah. yeah. But there's such a depth of flavour in those salty flower olives, you really oh, should. No, no, that, I, stone, I <laughs> that stone's been inside that olive for very long. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Like when I say I hate them, I would, I would have four, okay. you know, at, at a meal. You know, because every restaurant makes them differently and I have had olives I like. Yeah, yeah. You know, just more often than not, I will still try them but I end up not liking them. But I still have four or five. There's nothing I won't yeah. touch. On the other side, so you hate olives, but on the other side, is it, do you remember a particular meal? Is there a first meal that really blew you away or a first meal out you had? As a child, is there a particular mm -hmm. meal that you remember really thinking, this is amazing, this is something different? Yeah, it's a version of this dish, but um, you know, it's very common in Malaysia, but I had like the, maybe the best, best, best version of it in a place in Malaysia called Penang, it's a state in Malaysia, Yeah, the, the food capital of Malaysia. Right, yes. So it was just a truck. They set up, it's a truck, a food truck. They set up some tables and chairs, side of the road. Yeah. We sat down at eight, we were just like, whoa. And then we couldn't find the truck ever again. We came <laughs> back the next day, we didn't know where they were. And I remember my friend, we went with a group of friends, right? And my friend said, I don't even remember what it tasted like. I just remembered it was really good. And that's what, because you were so oh, lost in the moment. Oh, you know? that's amazing. Yeah, you, your brain isn't thinking, okay, what spices are there? Is there cumin in here? Is there turmeric? Yeah. You know, your brain's just turned off. Yeah, just I've it. had certain, the, the thing for me, like this is absolutely beautiful, a, a sign of something that I'm really blown away would be good food will make me laugh. Oh, really? As in I'll yeah. take a bite and I will have an instinctual need to just laugh, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how is oh, it like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And that it, it yeah. occasionally happens and it just catches me and I just, I suppose it's just, I'm just amazed by mm -hmm. the capacity and the range of flavour. It's the, infectious, you, isn't Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, it's just, yeah. what is it? How is this possible? How can you have so much pleasure? Yeah. Nigel, I just want to bring us back just quickly to the videos. Oh, sure, yeah. You said that people hadn't reacted to uh, chefs before in the way that you have. But have you had any backlash from those chefs? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much backlash, but like, that's being ignored by Jamie Oliver, you know? I've, sh I've <laughs> shut up him a few times now. No response from him, you know? Oh, really? Gordon would leave a comment. Oh, really? You'd yeah, Gordon left a comment. He, he's quite good. His, his fried rice video was yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Jamie's wasn't. Okay. And it's like, come so on. So you really slammed Jamie, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but what, were you, what were your faults with his rice? What was it? Well, everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why he's not getting back in contact. packet rice in the middle of a recipe video. I'm like, you're, dude, you're a chef, man. <laughs> you have restaurants. You know yeah. what I mean? I have a joke that goes, Jamie Oliver's restaurant is called 15 because that's how many people like his food. So packet rice, that's a no-no, obviously. No, yeah. And also, I, I get it, you know, in, in this climate, a white chef making Asian food, but I'm not even going from that angle. Yeah. Uncle Roger's not like this woke character, crouching <laughs> appropriation, you know? Yeah, Uncle yeah, Roger's yeah. just like, oh, he fucked up. He fucked up bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. He, Uncle Roger's not a, like a very social justice type. He's just, it's, it's just, oh, he fucked up. Just, yeah. And it's fun. You know? Yeah, I mean, people that you want to do reaction videos of, are, but but are too afraid to. Are there any, are there any chefs that you thought oh, I'm not going to go near them? No, I I, I don't care. 
literally, I, we are in Get different industries. You know, okay, I, yeah. I will burn that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the best way. Don't do. I wouldn't do a reaction video to another comedian because I'm in the yeah, same industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will yeah. burn the bridges of the, <laughs> the culinary world, man, because I don't need that bridge. So let's burn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about egg fried rice then. Let's do it. What? Let's do it. This is the good stuff. Get a takeaway. What do you think? constitutes good egg fried rice. Texture of the rice yeah. needs to be, uh, all the grains need to be separated. You need to use aged rice, day-old rice, grain separated. Personally, I love it like when it has a color, that, which is why I think a lot of egg fried rice from takeaways here are, like to me, you, it's not inedible, uh, not, not edible, really, really bad. So what would that be? What would be the stuff that makes it really bad? What is, what's the sign? Not with? enough flavoring. Okay, yeah. You know, and uh, what kind of flavoring do you need? Soy sauce. Or okay. it's the, the so basic through the rice before when it turns up, you like you like to have a flavor through the rice already. Soy yeah, sauce, yeah, right? yeah. Because okay. when the sauce hits the rice, when you cook it properly in a yeah. wok, you should use the ladle to spray the sauce on the sides of the wok, and the sauce rolls down. So when it touches the sides, it evaporates, it caramelizes, so it just brings up more. It's different from when you just get the rice and pour soy sauce on it. Yes, because yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, mixes with the wok, the sauce mixes with the wok, rolls onto the rice, and then you you flip it, you you know, kind of what do you call it? The toss the rice, and yeah. it mixes nicely. And when you toss the rice, the rice is up in the air on a proper fi fire burning wok. The fire licks it a little bit, yeah. so you get a bit of that charred smell, but not burned. It's slightly charred. Each it's yeah. certain individual grains of rice are slightly charred. You get that smoky, Beautiful. nice flavor. And because uh, so the thing things. is, most people we've noticed this a lot. People love certain takeaway foods, uh -huh. but they'll never cook them themselves. So I don't know many households that would cook egg fried rice. They have all the ingredients for it. Yeah. They never just do it. Would you encourage people just to go out and do it rather than like, or, or, or do you think don't ruin it or it's gonna end up being like Jamie Oliver? <laughs> well, I always encourage people to eat at restaurants. Just stop, stop cooking. Stop cook. Cooking is hard. <laughs> Stop cooking. It's not supposed to be easy. <laughs> like, but you know, in the UK, I realize there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge book writing culture here, which yeah. is nice because I, I I love reading. But you know, I read fiction and stuff. But every comedian has books now, which is fine. I guess it's part of your culture. Books are good. But then because chefs have to come up with books, they have to appeal to the masses. Okay. And the masses have like five utensils in the kitchen, so they have to make it easy. So I'm like, my, my advice is stop cooking. <laughs> if everybody just started eating at restaurants more, restaurant prices would just go lower. There will be like yeah. casual restaurants, noodles for like seven quid, six quid. The, the quality will go, go up because there's more competition, there's more money in the, the restaurant industry to be made. Better people will start opening restaurants here. So I think stop cooking is my advice. I Asian, love that advice. Like, what are you going to make? Ramen? <laughs> Broth is going to take 12 no hours. One, I, no one is making ramen at home. Where I've, been, I've been, yeah. ramen. What, what do you make at home, then? What do you make at I've, I've had a situation where I'm going to meet friends, assuming we're going out for a meal, and we've got to their house, and they've gone, oh, no, we're going to oh, cook. Oh, that's and the worst. The absolute heartbreak of knowing you're going to have a homemade lasagna when you thought oh, you were going to go out. Hold on, but someone, you've gone around to someone's house, and they've it's said, a number no, of times. no, we're cooking together. We're going to cook. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Let me say it here first. Stop surprising me with the home-cooked meals, okay? <laughs> like, if we're, if we're eating out and then going to yours for drinks. Because you have to cook, yeah. freeze it and have it yourself tomorrow. Don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't want your spag bowl. Don't, don't surprise me. Tell me beforehand so I can eat before I go. And be like, cancel. sorry, I'm full, you know? Cancel. Warn me so I can do something better in a restaurant yeah. with someone else. And then people say like, oh, it's very expensive to eat out. I'm like, well, you, you're at the pub all the time. Yeah. A round yeah. is 40 pounds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 30 pounds, yeah. 40 pounds for a round? Don't do rounds, go to a restaurant. <laughs> and often cooking a specific meal at home where you're getting a variety of ingredients does the price, I'm always surprised by, oh, that's yeah. cost much more than I thought it would have. Of yeah. course, if you want to do it right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even, um, even for Western meals, it's, it's tough too, you know, it's yeah. not just Asian food. I don't really know, even a good pasta. Okay, like pasta, you think it takes 12 minutes to cook. Sure, that's correct. But if you want to say, I want to make a carbonara, where are you going to get guanciale? Yeah, we yeah. Get, and it's right? guanciale, pepper, and then pecorino. Good palm, yeah. pecorino, yeah, exactly. Pecorino, and then... Good, uh, good pecorino. Good pecorino. Good, good that, is, that is it, but most people... Two eggs as cream well. In. They cost money. Two eggs. Yeah, two yeah, eggs, you need two that, eggs. yeah. It all, yeah. Well, actually, we... Carbonara is one of my go-to things. We get them for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we don't need to buy the eggs anymore. Carbonara is back in the game. But that's true, though, because, Nigel, quite a lot of your stuff is about 
people doing things incorrectly. Yeah. Right. So whether you know most people would have carbonara, where they'd put their cream in and they'd put they'd put cheeses bacon. and bacon yeah. and parsley, and that's all wrong. That's yeah. not the way to do it. Is there? Have you noticed anything? Other things that people like your friends do, or stuff stuff that people do that is completely wrong way of cooking stuff. And do you like want to interrupt and tell them this is the wrong way, yeah, or do you yeah. hold back? Yeah, well, we're not friends anymore, usually, so <laughs> I don't have to tell them. <laughs> but to be honest, people, people are intimidated to invite me to have their oh, home really? meals. Which, really? Which I think they should. I think it's good. So <laughs> you, we, you, we end up going you, to you restaurants also, You bring a two-camera setup as well, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm preparing them at Ori's Polo. I see sitting there waiting for their meal to be served. Do you ever slip into Uncle Roger when you're... I critique stuff without yeah. an accent, but the <laughs> critiques are the same as what Uncle Roger would say. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you been quite brutal with friends before when you've, when you've, you've eaten or they've cooked food? I, I, I saved them a bit of face. I'm not that brutal. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. how, how generous. I'll, I'll do that, you know, you know that British person thing when someone microwaves fish at the office? You, know, you just do a <laughs> smile and, oh, okay. Broader than friends then, are you the sort of person that would complain in a restaurant? Are you that sort of, but would you ever say anything if something was wrong with a meal or are you kind of, is it mainly um, I've actually only character? done that once. What was know? the situation? Uh, an Indian restaurant and then the meat was dry. And then my friend, she, you know, she, the friend I was with, she works at Goldman Sachs, so it's like nothing to her. So I was like, hey, complain, complain about it, man. And then she just complained for me. I was like, okay, yeah, just send this back. I usually don't do it. Yeah. I just um, remember it and then never return to the restaurant. I've, I've only complained once at a restaurant and it was the most expensive meal I've ever had. My mm. girlfriend and I went to a Michelin-starred restaurant. In Which one? Salt Bay. I'm not going to say where no. it was. But <laughs> Red Net Bridge. There was, there was a bridge. hair, a long hair, not uh. of either our hair colours, through the food. Wow. And we thought, oh, shall we complain? Basically, us debating whether to complain ruined the meal because it was like three courses of it's us going, I should say something, I don't say Michelin that. Yeah, did the in the end, did, did say something, and they then said, well, it must be yours. They kicked up a fuss, and we were like, no, it isn't. It's not even our hair colour. Anyway, the result was we still had to pay for the meal, but they said, we'll put a, bo put a bottle of champagne for you next time you come. Yeah, but exactly. obviously, well, we're not going to go back now. Yeah. And also, it was so expensive, we can't afford to go back. <laughs> but so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bottle of champagne on ice and has been there for about four years in central wow. London. So um, do you cook then at all? Or do you, you don't? Um, no, the kitchen's not ready. But okay. when I live by myself in my old place, yeah, I cook sometimes. Okay. Simple things. Yeah. Is that because you think spending ages cooking isn't really worth it because life's busy or is it kind of... So what sort of it's, things would you do? It's cooking? impossible. Like yeah. If I make stuff, it would just be pasta. It's simple. Okay. You know? Or maybe I do meal kits sometimes. I know a guy who runs a ramen joint in Wales. They do meal kits, so everything comes pre-packaged. That's a long way to get the meal kit though from, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're waiting a wrong so time. <laughs> what time you put that order in? <laughs> so good though. Like, what's, what's it called? Uh, Matsudai ramen. I filmed the video with him. Oh, did you? You know that ramen broth when it comes, it's yeah. it's solid. That's oh, how wow. thick. That's how much fat is in it. <coughs> wow. And you're not going to be able to make that. No. And know, then what do you do impossible. with it? So we just heat that through you and heat it up, it. and then it turns into a liquid. Yeah, most nice. And then you, you cook the noodles for like 45 seconds. Amazing. And eggs marinated. You just slice them open. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Where is for you the best like Malaysian food in London? Because we're in London, but outside mm -hmm. London as well, if you know any. In London, my personal favorite uh, is Laksa Mania, uh, Central London near Oxford Street. Okay. Like some Indian, never been there. Oh, what about when you're traveling around the country gigging? Are there other places you've, you've tried or places oh, not really? No, I, I, I just go to Pizza Express, man. Do <laughs> you really? Really? I mean, when you're in like, like I was in Northampton last week, I'm not going to spend time like searching for a Malaysian restaurant or I, I have a gig to do. <laughs> my brain's like, I'm, I'm working. I can't really enjoy it anyway. Yeah. So I just go to the venue and get a delivery, an honest burger or something. What about, um, so we, we have some food here. This food is amazing. Have you had any takeaway disasters then? Has it, has it ever gone wrong for you? Is there a meal in your memory where it's just been? Maybe not disasters, it's just like the food was shit, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's that count as a disaster? Yeah, yeah. I think it counts. When you get a takeaway, you expect it to be like, eh, you know? Yeah. In Dublin, uh, I got a Chinese takeaway there and it's like, they serve Chinese food, Thai food, Malaysian food, Vietnamese food, everything under the same umbrella. I was like, oh, it's not gonna be good, but yeah. I'm hungry, so let's just get what they call a spice bag. So it's just a, a bag and there's chicken in it, chips. <laughs> right. And you can even get some curry sauce next to it. Oh my God, yeah. They do worry me, those places where they do every type of yeah. food on the yeah. side. There was a one oh, yeah. near me where I used to live in Hoxton which did Italian, Chinese and Indian. 
Wow. How is that possible? No doubt they were all terrible. Yeah. Like a laminated board, which is sort of like the, the, the departures board at Heathrow. It had like <laughs> so many dishes on it. There's no way you could work it. It was really confusing. You'd have to put aside like four days to work out what you wanted and you knew it was going to be crap. Yeah. But uh, yeah. What, I, I mean, know, Chinese takeaway menus are also way too long. You know, and then they have a small section for British food. You yeah. know, like who's ordering oh, yeah. like who's a, who's a fish and chips? So or true. Fish and chips yeah, from yeah, there. Yeah. And then the, the menu is like pages on pages. You have to open it like an accordion. You know. Yeah. yeah. That is true, right? Most mm -hmm. people they're opening up a menu and they see sixty dishes. Yeah. On the menu, especially with Chinese food or Malaysian food, what would you say? Just go for this. The thing is, at a typical Chinese takeaway, that long-ass menu, you you really can't win. There's nothing <laughs> good on there. And again, people are gonna yell at me for like, why are you shitting on Chinese takeaway? They're your people. I'm like, well, it's kind of outdated now, you know? I think, I honestly think the British palate has improved. Yeah. Yeah, when they came here in the 70s, 80s, the British palate was shit, right? We can all admit that, right? Yeah. But I think, okay, I live in London, so maybe I'm biased, and th things have evolved a little bit now. You have Korean joints, specific regions of China, contemporary Chinese joints, which only serve like Xinjiang food, you know, mm. or uh, other regions of China. And people have moved on, so I think, the takeaways, thank you for your service, but it's time to shut them down. Your, your kids don't want to take over them anyway. The, and takeaway parents won't want, will never let their kids work in the takeaway because they want them oh, to really? have a better life. It's, it's yeah. a hard life. You should want the takeaways to close down because you want your parents to retire, right? If your parents want to take away, you want them to retire. Yeah, you want yeah. the next generation of chefs, of contemporary yeah. Asian chefs to come up and do their own thing, like like Sambal Shok, like Laksamania. Yeah. A Wong. A Wong, yes, it's very So do you, th do you think yeah, yeah, we yeah. will see a lot of these traditional, mm -hmm. which I mean, to British palate Chinese takeaways closing down? Yes, I think that there already, will be a shift from that. It would already you is happening. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. And sure, I get the nostalgia. Sure, take, take a photo, you know, take a photo, remember <laughs> it. It's a good thing. It's, it's pushing Asian food forward in the UK. Would you, so you'd struggle to find a dish that would work for you from a, from a traditional Chinese takeaway, would you then? I, but I have, what would you go for? What would be the thing that you'd, you'd go, okay, at least I'll, I'm not going to be... I would go for the special fried rice because it's like, okay, you think it's special, maybe you are really good at this one dish. <laughs> I'll give you a chance to impress me. But that is really interesting that, yeah. that if you see the decline of Chinese traditional, well, when we say traditional Chinese takers, we basically mean the Chinese speakers you might see on the high street. Yeah, that, the that, greasy, the, the sugary, yeah, yeah, sweet exactly. and sour pork. Yeah, all that chicken, stuff, yeah. which has been around unchanged for a very long time. Yeah. But there's still an appetite for Chinese food. Yeah. It's evolved though. Yeah. Because that sort of re want for regional stuff, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That's maybe where yeah. that's, like, you can see a shift there. Here at Deliveroo, or I drive there sometimes. Next, uh, close to this place is a place that specializes in Xi'an cuisine, which is a region, yeah. uh, place in China. Okay. And it's, it's really good. Yeah, so, there's a, is it Huanese? Is that right? Huanan is a different place, but yes, no, but there, there, there is, is that's, yeah. a, that's a there's a really popular one just around the corner from me where I live in Clapton, which is which is great as well. Yeah. And that does really well. I also think it it leads to the perception that Asian food should be cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. all Chinese takeaways, they go by volume, so they go very cheap. They try to make it up with volume, right? So I think it's, it's a good thing that takeaways are closing. That means people's palates are improving and um, chefs can have more leeway. Yeah. Like a Chinese chef doesn't have to open a takeaway now. They can open yeah. like a... Like kiln, you know, like a type of oh, restaurant. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, kiln is amazing. I said takeaways because it's not great for our podcast, but I think. Yeah. <laughs> also, the, the, the yeah. really True. this Sorry. is embarrassing yeah. to admit. Part of my, I immediately had a voice. Will I still be able to get crispy shredded beef? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought I can't ask that. That's <laughs> <not> terrible. <laughs> what, what's your view on this? Is one of my favorite takeaway tweets. Uh -huh. Sheshwali crispy shredded beef. It's not really Sheshwali, yeah. to be honest. But I never what, had it. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think from your descriptions, if you're not looking for sort of a sickly sweet gluten stuff, it's probably not for you. Yeah. I think I've basically got a three-year three window in which I can get this in now. But I do, I, I, I totally see that, you know, Indian food has been elevated. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, lots of restaurants, whether it's Dushoom or others, have, <laughs> have done a really, really good job. Uh -huh. um, but it does feel like Chinese takeaways are still slightly stuck in that 90s, 80s sort of past. Yeah. yeah. It, it does feel it does Although feel dim like... sum and things like this, there seems to be a sort of growth and interest in that. That's yeah. doing yeah. quite well. Korean and... food, you know, yeah. the squid game with K-pop, people like yeah. that more, you know? Yeah. Actually, Korean fried chicken is becoming more of a thing. Yeah. But there aren't that many Chinese or Malay chefs around, are there? Like, who are popular? Mala Ma Malaysian you, chefs? You, I know would, Singaporean Would chefs. you shit on them? Um, if, they fuck, if they fuck up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
They tend to do Asian dishes. Yeah, right, you know? so yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I compliment them in my videos. Yeah, I've realised we we have we've missed out one oh, shit, dish yeah. actually. Oh uh, yes, oh, oh, curry puffs. Yes. Curry puffs, which look like tiny Cornish pasties. Yes, again, most cultures have something like this. Oh really? You know? Okay, so we try. So the pasty, I know the pasty was designed as a way that you were supposed to hold on to the. It was initially a mining thing, wasn't it? I think that I people know. working down the Cornish mines would use this. Yeah, you're talking to people of, who are not. Okay, this Cornish ore miners. This knotted little bit around here would be used, you would hold that mm -hmm. as a way of keeping your coal-covered hands away from the bit that you oh. ate. So this was basically sort of a handle that would then often be discarded because it would be filthy. So this is where this sort of, well, oh. this obviously, I'm sure this has a different history to it, but that was the idea of the pasta. That's great. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's British influence we were uh, colonised, you know? So maybe yeah. we stole some British food ideas. Ah. Okay, let's give this a go then. Shocking. Oh, that's good. Oh, that is good. This is a curry puff. Is this a thing that you can get in Malaysia? Is this mm -hmm. a, yeah, it is. Very common. It's so much like a little pasty. It is, it is a, yeah, it's a Malaysian pasty. Absolutely delicious. Also, I want to add like, crispy shredded beef, sure, if, if your takeaway is closed down, you might miss that, but you might find something even better to replace it. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And takeaways could evolve to become like this. Mm. I, you wouldn't classify this as a typical takeaway, right? Of course, but yeah. Maybe in the future, this would be, you know, a t considered a takeaway. That'd be nice. Hmm. What are your plans coming up then? So are there plans for Uncle Roger or what, what, are, what, are, your, what are you up to? Mm, everything really. I keep doing the YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I'm starting a new podcast soon and I'm going on a world tour as well. A world tour? Yeah, yeah. Um, where, will, where will that be taking in? Where are you going? Everywhere. New York, LA, Helsinki, Tokyo. Oh wow. Perth, wow. Kuala Lumpur. When I got the list, it was a little bit daunting. I'm like, Tokyo and Helsinki? Well, they laugh at the same thing. <laughs> you know what they laugh at? <laughs> you know? Uh, every every continent except Africa and South America. Have you gig, gigged abroad before? <clears throat> yes, yes. And how did you find it? It's tricky. It's, it's tricky. You take a cut in funniness. Mm. Your British references, some of them don't work. So when I gig in Europe, maybe I'm like 10% less funny. But culturally, it's still similar, right? But when I gig in Asia, surprisingly, I'm like maybe 30% cut in funniness because, you know, the, I've only done comedy in the West. You know, in Malaysia, the sense of humor is different, the references don't work, and the sense of humor diverges a little bit as well. I'm hoping to get better at that. The one thing I could say from gigging abroad, the one gain you do get is that any observations you make about things that they do that to you feel surprising, let's say, type of toilet or, or what it happens yeah. to be or the way buses work in Norway or whatever. I remember yeah. you just mentioned these things and that is one thing because it's, it's that outsider sort of it really takes off I find yeah. sometimes. But you know. But then I go to my normal material and it dies to the They love the toilet stuff for yeah. three minutes and then they do my stuff about my childhood and they're sort of like what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 no, I agree. But it's uh, something I need to get better at then. So I, when I write material, I have to make sure that it's universally accessible, you know? Instead of writing, complaining about, I don't know, wagamamas. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk about my, my life that's more universal, you know? Well, that's interesting because most people, I think, who are listening to this and will know you, uh -huh. will know you from the videos yeah. as a character comedian. Mm -hmm. So your live show, are you in character or you're not in character? So it's sort of getting to know you as a person rather than you as Uncle Roger, or do you sort of mix between the... Uncle Roger opens the show. Okay. Then support act, break, then me. Yeah, oh, wow. Wow. Okay, wow. That's, that's how I do it. Is the reason you start with Uncle Roger because you worry people will turn up and expect him from the off? Is, is there a thought process as to why you've arranged it in that way? The thought process was I want people to leave seeing me as a last thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So to know I'm a comedian in my own right and uh, Uncle Roger to start also makes them happy. They're like, oh, you know, uh -huh. I know this guy, you know. <laughs> so it keeps them happy in the beginning. And fortunately for me, nobody left during the break because you would yeah. think, oh, they're only here for Uncle Roger. Uncle Roger's done, they just go home. Yeah. But they, everybody stayed. Uh, I've done three tour shows so far. They all stayed to watch me do stand-up. So really That's appreciate really it. Exciting. And what's, what's your new podcast you're starting? We haven't announced it yet, but it's going to be... The same title as my tour is called Haya with Nigel Ng. Okay, know? yeah. So I think it's going to be launched in tandem with the world tour. So a little bit of behind the scenes, you know. Uh, like I think when people go see a tour show, you know, I say I, I go to Stockholm, right? And then you want to, oh, what does Nigel think of Stockholm? You know, so the, the podcast would be a way of like documenting my travels on the tour. Great. Shitting on whatever city I, I, I'm in. <laughs> and then Haya conveys disappointment, right? Scratching can't return there again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Map bridge, becoming closer and closer. <laughs> taller and taller. And I want my uh, listeners to call in and describe something that disappointing that happened to them in the past week, you know? So it, it oh, that's really fun. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, we stopped doing. I, I used to have another podcast called Rise to Meet You. But yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, super, super fun. To, yeah. But we had to stop doing that because scheduling became really difficult. And given how I'm traveling next year, time zone differences, yeah, yeah. impossible. Do you enjoy traveling and being on the road then? Is that, how, how do you feel about the idea of being away for that? I was thinking about this. I think um, given my audience, my audience is very city-based. Okay. You know, so I think I'll enjoy this kind of traveling more than, say, the UK circuit traveling. You know, you go to Shoreham, yeah. Warrington, you know, and nice cities, sure. Yeah. But the average British town, no matter how nice it is, you see one, you see them, you see them all. Yeah, you, know, you see yeah. a nice high street, that kind of thing. But because my cities, uh, my audiences are very city based, so I'll be in Toronto, Vancouver, LA, New it's York, so San Fran. Yeah. Sure, visa stuff is a nightmare, and it costs too much money. I spend too much <laughs> money on visas. Uh, but I'll be spend. I, I like cities, you know. Mm. I like going on city breaks anyway. So but that's such an really exciting cool. aspect of gaining a following on YouTube that it allows you to sell abroad in a way that. A lot of big name acts here who are big on television probably couldn't do that because oh, the audience hard. will be very British centric. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great that it allows you to have that fan base entirely around the world. Do you know yeah, how it's many pros and cons? Of... Pros and cons. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how many of your followers are UK based? Like, if it was fifteen percent. Okay, do you do? Yeah. Yes, you do. Fifteen yeah. <laughs> percent. Around five, yeah. Oh, no, around that. that. Yeah. So, then, what are you going to do with that answer? I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was just interested to know if you know the breakdown of like. So, you, so are you, most of your is the most of families in the US, or is it like? And is that how the tour is then? Very equally perfect? spread. Twenty-five percent US, fifteen percent UK, fifteen percent, ten percent Malaysia, yeah. then long tail Singapore, Australia, right, Canada, okay. New Zealand. Yeah. Yes. So before we sort of review the meal, because at the end we yeah, normally just, review the meal, would oh, okay. you have any advice to someone who is starting a YouTube or starting sort of a character sort of thing? Or, or, or a food or do you, podcast? Or, yeah, or, or what, did it feel like the... <laughs> is it, retrospectively, do you look back and go, oh, I've learned this? Or did it feel like there was a certain randomness? Or what, how, does, how, does it, how do you feel about it? There back? definitely is a randomness to it. The, who gets big, who, who, what goes viral. But there are people who go viral with one video and then nothing happens after that. But they're also the people who can capitalize on that virality. So I'm fortunate to be the latter. I, I capitalize on the virality because I had all the YouTube skills ready to go. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So you know, I would say if you're starting a YouTube channel, yeah, get your chops down. Get get good at YouTube. You're not guaranteed success, but when when the opportunity comes, you are ready to take advantage of it. Yeah. That's really interesting because yeah. people can go viral accidentally, but by, by being the subject of something. Yeah. So they didn't create something themselves, but they were in a video that went viral. Mm -hmm. But you're saying because you've got all those skills, editing yeah. skills, skills. I comedy skills, it, yeah. you control it, and then you were able to distribute it all yourself. Mm -hmm. That was sort of a, you had like a killer uh, instinct there. Yeah, it's, it's very fortunate. Uh, but with every video you put out, there's, it's like playing a lottery, right? Every video you put out is a ticket. Mm, so the yeah. more videos you put out, the, the chances of you hit, actually hitting it will so, you know, you increase so your chances. Nigel, how do we get to one million followers? <laughs> <laughs> That's really hard, man. You've got to find a niche, I guess. Yeah. We've got a niche. Yeah. This is it, isn't food. it? We're the problem is we're complementing food. We need to be snagging <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to be have a video off. component to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. The star is YouTube, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. There, there's oh, a few, a few hurdles. Right, yeah. so we, let's, let's review let's what we've it. had yeah. here. I, I thought that was absolutely delicious. We, I was slightly aware of not wanting to slurp too much throughout, so I've still got quite a lot to finish, so I will. So but it was by, amazing. By, because I've got very little, does that mean that I slurped quite I a lot? I imagine you slurped throughout, yeah, yeah. You gave some to Emma, didn't you? Oh, I did, yes, that's true, yes. Um, so let's go through. So first of all, we had the crackers, which were delicious. I really, really like those. They were kind of a sort of poppadom with a fenugreek flavor. It was, it was really lovely. The fried chicken was amazing. Yeah, I really I, like the peanut sauce. I like the fact that I don't know if this is true of Malaysian sort of satay, but the it has a real um, sort of half chopped up. You can, the peanuts are very clear mm. in it. It's yeah. not too smooth. It's a lovely it's texture. texture. It's a nice, it's yeah. a nice texture. It's chunky. It's great. I like it. Yeah. And what is galangal? Is my question because I've I've seen it a lot as like a like a key ingredient. I know Gordon Ramsay used it in one of his videos, and you were like, "Oh, you're using galangal. That means you, you know what you're doing." What 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 is that? And is is that in this? Yes. Yeah. Same family as ginger. Just yeah. tastes a little bit a little darker, a little spicier. It's what we use in Southeast Asia, really. Right. Okay. And ginger is more of a if you use it, it's more of an East Asian thing, Chinese yeah. maybe. Mm -hmm. But galangal is a Southeast Asian, slightly different variety of that. Well, this is it's an absolutely beautiful dish. I, re I really like the heat. Too. Yeah, I love it. This is great. This is it's just gorgeous. And then the uh, little sort of tiny patties at the, the end. Curry puffs. Mm -hmm. um, what a great meal. So um, for listeners, the name of this place again is? Sambal Shop. S-A-M-B-A-L. 
S-H-I-O-K, Holloway Road. Holloway Road, and there is a pub opposite where you can have a drink <laughs> and leave and bring in food. I mean, what more, <laughs> what do, you more need? do you need? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nigel, that was a joy. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Nigel. Really, really loved it. Oh, you're welcome. Great. Thanks for coming. So that was the brilliant Nigel Ung there. Um, he's going to be going on a world tour over the next year or so. So go to his website, find out where he's going and, uh, you know, Go somewhere close. Don't sort of travel to Tokyo if you live in Ealing, but um, <laughs> do, do go and see him. He's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, if you've enjoyed the show in general, leave us a review, uh, spread the word, subscribe and like. Uh, but the reviews really make such a difference. Um, so if you do that, that would be fantastic. And we will love you forever because we have wonderful people coming forever. up. Don't we, Sim? Who do we? Forever, forever and ever and ever. Exactly. Ever and ever. E- eternity. Even when I close my eyes for the last time, I think, do you know who really mattered to me? Um, who have we got coming up next week Sim? Uh, next week we have the uh, wonderful Rosie Jones Uh, Rosie Jones is a comedian she's an actress she's uh, appeared on shows like The Last Leg I Have Ten Castles Countdown QI Hypothetical uh, and she's done a lot of Channel 4's um, Paralympics coverage Uh, she's a a friend and really really great company and very enthusiastic about takeaways so ideal yeah. i think for us what's quite exciting sim by the way we're we, i don't know if you know this we're going to her new house and she's already whatsapp me to say by the way i i, I haven't got any chairs so, so we'll see what happens there. so we'll we bring our own be, chairs we'll bring, we'll bring our, our own, own chairs. chairs we'll bring our own chairs no problem kind like that <laughs> so uh so join us next week where we'll be sat cross-legged on rosie's floor see you next week bye Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.